I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. What is the definition of revival? Well, first of all, you can't revive something that hasn't lived. So the revival is coming to the backslider in the state of New Jersey. The revival is coming to the church in the state of New Jersey, the believers. The revival is coming to us. We've been living and moving and having our being in Jesus, and God is going to pour out of his spirit upon us in a fresh, new, brand new way. Revival. It's an act or instant of re- instance of reviving. The state of being revived, such as a renewed attention to or interest in something. A period of renewed religious interest. A restoration of force. Restoration of life. Consciousness. Vigor or strength. Margie's definition. This is my definition because this is what I went through the last six months. Fresh dedication. Fresh dedication. I've been waiting on you to dedicate yourself afresh to me. I've been silent. I've been waiting because I've been silent. I've been, in a sense, testing you to see what was in your heart. If I'm silent, are you going to still serve me? What is in your heart? You're listening. Fresh dedication. Shall I bring it to the birth and shut up the womb, says your God. You are right at the point, a crossroad of birth. Don't give up now. Fresh dedication. After a while, I just had to get in my prayer closet, shut the door, say, Lord, all right. Been tormented long enough. Because I don't know about you, but if I'm not right with God, I don't feel good. I'm just saying it straight up because I'll tell you why. The thing that's on the inside of me and what I carry is more real than anything out here. It's nice to have nice things, but what matters to me the most is my treasure that I have in an earthen vessel. You're listening. So if something's not right on the inside, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Not happy. So finally got in the presence of God. I said, all right, what do you want? I wasn't mad. I was just annoyed. He said, I want you to dedicate yourself afresh to me. I'm like, now what do you want? You have everything. Oh, but there's depths to dedication. There's depths of dedication, angel. There's depths of dedication. God wants you to dedicate yourself deeper and higher than you've ever dedicated to him before. Because there's a lot at stake. Our young people need us. Our youth needs us. This area needs us. God is calling you, the church, to a fresh level of dedication. This is not a popular message, but I am telling you right now, the dealings of God are being released in the earth. He's calling you to a fresh dedication. Get off your phones. 
Put your phones away. My God, what are we doing with our time? It's a fresh dedication. I was so distracted. I'd go into my prayer room and I'd be like, I love you, Jesus. Distracted like you can't even believe. You talk about ADD. I couldn't even focus in on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I couldn't focus on him enough whereby I could see into the depths of his heart and go deep down into the depths of his heart. Let me tell you something about prayer. This is a little nugget. There are depths of prayer, and I'm going to be teaching it. People don't know it. God said, I've called you to teach it. There are depths of prayer. There's a place in prayer where you get lost where you enter into a place and there is no thought of self. You are so consumed with God. You are so longing for him. You are so longing for that person you are praying for to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It is more real to you than anything out here in the natural. Fresh dedication to God. That's revival. Remember when I used to preach all this? And then it just came to me. What is revival? It is a a new beginning of obedience to God. What are you asking me to do with my life? I'm asking you to lay aside every weight. I'm asking you to lay aside that thing that you like to do so much. And I'm asking you to serve me with clean hands and a pure heart and cut it out. Nobody sees what you do in secret, but I see, says the Lord, and it's hindering you in your race. It's hindering the anointing. I want to work a work in your day that if it were told you, it would be like a dream. But I can't work through people, through, uh, I can't say that. He said it. He, I said, uh, Pastor, if I'm wrong, you could correct me, and you may have to. He wants to work through vessels of honor that are meet for the master's use. Those that have clean hands and a pure heart. I understand that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I understand that we are the head and not the tail. I understand that we're above only and not beneath. I understand that we live and move and have our being in him. I understand that our identity is in Christ. That when Jesus looks at us, he sees Jesus. But there's something about living right. I believe God is preparing us for us to see a major move of God. But we've got to get ready for it. You don't hear anybody preaching this. I got chosen. Wonderful. God is waiting on us. I said to God recently, again, I said, Lord, I just want more of you. He said, he put his hand on his hip because, you know, God gets that thing he does. Right? He said, you don't need more of me. I need more of you. (laughs) Return to your first love. Repent and do the first works. Remember from whence thou art fallen. Remember when you first got saved. Remember how on fire you were for me. I want you to burn for me. 
I want you to be consumed by me. I want you to come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and stop turning to food. Stop turning to alcohol. Stop turning to Xanax. I'm the one that wants to be your sufficiency. I want to give you rest. I am calling my church to holiness. I am calling my people to walk with me with clean hands and a pure heart. I am going to revive the message of holiness, but it's not going to be with condemnation and guilt. It's going to be with love and grace. I'm still on Margie's definition. Yeah, because I live it. Listen, I can't be a phony. I can't be a phony preacher. So if I'm not doing it, I'm not preaching it because that scares me. All these people that like do whatever, you know, it's like, I don't get it. I'm so scared. Like Joyce Meyer, she's like, you know, she goes, I just can't get away with, you know, certain things that other people do. I'm sitting there, tell me about it. What is that? The more you want, the more you want to see, the more you got to just let it go. Is everybody happy tonight? Yeah, you understand? Everybody's good. Fresh dedication, consecration, surrender. My goodness. Surrender. In our prayer times, in our house, we just played that prayer I surrender. I surrender. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I surrender. Surrender. We should Google it, the definition. Somebody Google it. But don't go to your page, your Facebook page. (laughs) Surrender. Surrender is an act of obedience. Surrender is saying, Lord, not my will. Your will be done in my life. It's not what I want. It's what you want. You know, I, I told my husband, I said, honey, you know, he's got all these plans. I go, honey, I'm not going to retire. I'm going to refire. <laughs> and he doesn't know it yet. And I know this is a public meeting, but he ain't here. <laughs> but when he retires, pastor Guess what's going to happen? He's going to go on the road with me. (laughs) When we first got married, guess well, just before we got married, but guess what used to, used to, used to, used to, used to, used to happen to him? He'd come to the house and he'd go, my hands are on fire. My hands are on fire. My hands are on fire. He has a healing anointing. What's he doing with it? I'm telling you what he's doing with it. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Everything he sets his hand to do turns to gold. He's making money, 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 money. That's a good thing. You need money to build the kingdom. He goes, I'm called to finance the gospel. It's good. You married me. I have a big vision. We are going to teach the world how to pray. We need money to do that. And quite honestly, people aren't giving in church like they should. So God's got to work. Hi. 
God's got to like, you know, pull a few strings. And he's got to get some businessmen raised up to help finance the gospel. All you need is one man with a bunch of money and you can build a church anywhere. But let me tell you something. I know somebody that is close to Joyce Meyer and uh, she said at one of her board meetings that the people that support her ministry are the people that give the five, 10, and $25 offerings. That's where most of the money comes from. Obedience, oh, here's one. Margie's, this is still a Margie definition. Joyful obedience. Joyful. I added the joyful. Joyful obedience. Doing it because I want to do it. And it's a joyful thing. Have you ever had God just drag you to do something? He's dragging you along. Just do it. I'm doing it. You know, it's like that rebellion thing. I'm, you know, the little boy, you know, the mother tells him to do something and go in the corner because he was disobedient. And he goes, I may be standing up on the inside, but I'm sitting on the outside, but I'm sitting on the inside. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Let not that be named amongst us. And lastly, of Margie's definition, letting go of the weights that keep us from running our spiritual race. Do you know why I had to go on a fast, and I don't like fasting, I don't like it at all. And I don't totally fast, because I can't. I'll pass out. Everybody's got their own fasting ways of fasting, correct? I had to fast my nights with God. Because at night, I'd watch my little shows. <laughs> I have two shows. I don't know if I should tell you what they are. You want me to? No, 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 I couldn't watch it. I would cry too much. I, couldn't, I can't watch anything that makes me upset. But I would watch, I watch, and my kids, no, don't call me from 7 to 8. I like E! News. Is it over pastor? I'm sorry if that's bad. E! News, and what's the other one? Entertainment Tonight, and, you know, Access Hollywood. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I surrender. God was like, I want you to come to me. I want you to lay aside some of those things. And I want you to give your nights to me. Like you did when you were single. When you would pray all night. And you spent all that time with me because I was your first love. And I had all of you, not just a part of you. I surrender. I surrender. I want to know you more. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with fashion. It's the rest of it. All right, we got to move on here. I, this... This is actually a good message. I think it's actually really amazing that this is coming out anointed. Because this is not a popular message. You know why it's anointed? Because God is in it. Because if we want revival, these are the things that's going to help us to gain momentum in revival. See, I want all of God. How about you? All right, let's, let's pass all this. 
Okay, this vision, we said it already. We're not going to say too much about it, but I want to proclaim these scriptures over you. It's being birthed after a season of great discouragement, demonic warfare, and tiredness that was against the church. I want to wake you up right now. Okay? You ready to be woken up? Maybe I should go on this side. I want to know you more. There are devils, demons, and witches and warlocks in the earth today. We can't stick our heads in the sand and say they don't exist. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking, if anybody in here is a witch and a warlock, God will show me. Because I already had it happen once. There was a warlock in one of my meetings. Fire of God came on me. I pointed him out, commanded the fire of God to come on him. The, he left that church like his pants were on fire, and they were. <laughs> Later on, somebody said, you know who that was? I had, don't know who he was. And you know what I said to him? I said, no man is going to mock my God. And no man's going to mock the minister of God. You know, what, you know what the people said to me? They said, he's a known warlock in our town. And he came to disrupt the service with tarot cards. But the Holy Ghost had other plans. Let us be wise as serpents and harmless as dove. Let's know our enemy. That's why we've got to be revived. Do you know you could prophesy and be in sin? What? Yeah, you can, because it's a gift. I just think you need to know that. Just watch who prophesies to you and watch who lays hands on you, just for you to know. But one of the things Chuck Pierce said that I thought was very interesting about the latter part of 2017, is everybody still awake? Because if you want me to, I could throw some water on everybody. Because we did say it's beginning to rain, right? He said the warfare was going to increase toward the latter part of 2017. So this is what happened to me. I had warfare from here, and I had warfare from within. Warfare, war in my own members, not the devil. The devil's not in me, but war in my own members. You know, let go of this and let go of that and surrender this and surrender that. And I want to do a new thing, and I want you to stop traveling so much. And I don't know how to do it, God. You know, just all this inner, like, What? But the warfare from without was the discouragement that many of you felt. It's the devil. You know, I know we don't give the devil enough credit, but sometimes I think we give him too much credit, but I think there's a balance. Fiery darts of the wicked. But this is what the Holy Ghost said. He said, but now we've entered into a new season. And these are four scriptures he gave for me to you. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit. You're coming out of that slimy pit. Are you listening? And the angels of the Lord are here, and they're out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet upon a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God, and many will see it and fear the Lord. I prophesy to you that he is putting a new song in your mouth, that he's bringing you up out of the miry clit, and he's setting your feet upon a rock. I prophesy that he's putting a new song in your heart. Many will see it and rejoice. Psalm 66, 12. You let people ride over our heads. 
We went through fire and water, then you brought us up out and refreshed us in a water place. This is revival. I prophesy that he's bringing you up out of this place and he's bringing you into a watered garden. You shall be like a watered garden and like springs of water whose waters fail not. Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for our good to accomplish what is being done, that is, of saving lives. So all this was intended to harm you, to take you out, to get you to quit, to try to get you to stop doing what God's called you to do. And you know what? It only made you stronger. You don't know what you got inside of you till you go through hell. And then you go, whoa, I'm pretty strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Wow, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Wow, this stuff really works. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. He set my feet upon a rock. He put a new song in my mouth. Whoa. Exodus 1.12, I love this one. But the more they were oppressed, <laughs> the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. And this is what I saw when the Holy Ghost gave that to me for you. He said, I saw you. And I saw, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like you were coming up out of, out of a, uh, it was like, um, I don't even know how to describe it. You know how leaves get when they're dry and they're all crinkly? I saw, I saw many of you coming up like a mighty army out of that dry ground, out of that dry place, out of that wrinkled leaves all crispy. I saw you coming up out and I saw you taking a stand and I saw you marching and I saw you putting on your gear and you were an exceeding great army that is dreaded by the enemy. The devil is not afraid of who you are. He is afraid, my, my people, of who you are becoming. There has never been a generation like this generation. There has never been a church, a body, a people, a universal church. You understand what I'm saying? Like there has in this day. I'm sorry. But God, the enemy, fears you. Why? Because we know the word. We sure do know the word. We know more word than Catherine Coleman. We know the word. But we also been trained in the spirit. Now what? This they begin to do. Now nothing shall be impossible to them which they have imagined to do. He brought you up out of miry clay. He set your feet upon a rock. The devil looks at you. He fears you. He's in awe of you. You're his worst nightmare. When you get up in the morning, I know this is a cliche in the church, but it's true. You get up in the morning, the devil goes, oh, my God, there she is. There he is. What are they going to do today? Okay, we 
already said it. I'm just going to say it quickly, and then we're going to close. The vision is also being birthed, this vision of revival and restoration. After seasons of dealing with God, dealings, a season of dealings with God on our, in our hearts. He's dealing with impure motives, selfish ambition, pride, weights of sin, and our love walk. The Bible says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition and pride. Do you know that that scripture's in the Bible? Did you know that scripture was in the Bible? It really is. So we have to examine ourselves to see whether or not we are in the faith. I was in my bed one morning, minding my own business, looking at Facebook, Instagram, email, and what else is there? Let's see. Twitter. Yeah, I'm not really bad on Twitter. And I'm telling you, God is my witness. God is my witness. I've only seen, I, I've only seen Jesus uh, from the side. And he wasn't a wimpy Jesus. He was King Jesus. And he was, and he had a huge crown. And when I teach on prayer, sometimes I teach him like too feminine which you have to watch when girls teach you how to pray. And I saw a new side of him. Well, I'm laying in my bed, minding my own business, and I don't know how to describe it other than he walked into my bedroom. I didn't see him, but you know when somebody walks in the room, like if you had your eyes closed, you knew they were walking in the room? And he walked in the room, and he walked up to my, the side of my bed. I'm laying there like this. And uh, he said to me, he said it in here. I didn't hear it out here. He said, what is the most important thing? And he knew what I would say because it's all I teach. I go, well, intimacy with you. Intimacy with you. You know what he said to me? He said, and how you treat your, how you treat your neighbor. He turned around, and he walked out. And I was like, shocked. Who am I not walking in love with now? <laughs> now what are you trying to tell me? Who is it? Who is it? Some people are pretty obvious, but who else is it? Our love walk. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your might. Love your neighbor as yourself. We're going to close. I had a lot more to say, but I guess I should stop. I got to stop. I'm going to tell you something. You're coming into a personal revival. It begins in your own private time in your closet. Those of you that are intercessors, God's anointing you, Psalms 9210 with fresh oil. Mark it down. You're going to enter into depths of prayer. It's not by might, not by power, by the spirit. He's going to give you strength to give birth. Because we've, a, lot, a lot of us have lost our strength during the latter part of 2017. God is restoring it. Because there's things to give birth to, and I believe it has to do with the power gifts and this move of God. 
So in the name of Jesus, you are being revived. Number two, we're being revived in our corporate settings. You're going to see, Pastor, and maybe you already have, while the people are singing and the people become as one, the glory of God filling the church. And there's going to be times that the glory of God is going to reach a level that some will not be able to stand by reason of the cloud. In this cloud of glory, many of many are going to have dreams, not dreams because you only dream at night when the sleep falls upon you, but many are going to have visions and words and, and uh, uh, um, encounters with Jesus. We had it happen in the 80s when we used to preach in that four-square church. We'd lay hands on the young people, kids, little kids. They'd fall under the power. They'd have visions of Jesus. They'd get up off the floor, and they'd tell us they saw Jesus. That is going to be restored. Thirdly, there's going to be street revival. What does that mean? The Bible says in Habakkuk that the secret of the hiding of God's power is in his hands. Who are the hands and the feet and the body of Christ? We are. There is going to be signs and wonders and miracles flowing from the hands of the believers. The believer's ministry angel is going to be restored and revived like it was when Sandy Brown used to preach it. The body of Christ is going to rise and they're going to take the simple verses from Mark 16 that says these signs will follow them that believe. They will what? They will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. And I just heard in my spirit, and there will be great joy in the city. God's saying, go into the highways and byways and compel the lost to come to me. There will be great joy in the city. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.